Wealth Within offers a range of investment and educational services to help you secure your financial future. Whether you're an aspiring trader or simply want to increase the strength of your portfolio, Wealth Within are dedicated to maximising your investment returns. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst at Wealth Within, and I'm here today again with Paul Ash, who's the President of the Victorian Branch of the Australian Technical Analyst Association. Um, welcome back, Paul. Great to be back, Dale, and how are you this week? Oh, we're fantastic this week, and I thought I'd, we've had two great chats up till now, and I thought, well, let's just keep this going and, and have a bit more of a chat, but let's talk a little bit more about the market and where you're seeing it at the moment, because obviously the market, you mentioned last week that uh, there was a paradigm shift in the market, and uh, today I wanted to get into a little bit more detail about that for some of our listeners out there. Yes, well, uh, all through 2007, the market was trending generally up, then all of a sudden, uh, the wheels came off in in January, and we had a huge, um, huge down downward move in the in the market, which made the volatility of the market increase incredibly. Now, volatility I see as uh, equivalent to uncertainty, which causes people to hunt for clues as to which way the market is likely to go. Hmm. Uh, in other words, a, a confident uh, market will will trend, and a nervous market will be looking for something to follow. Uh, People will all of a sudden, good news, and up it'll go, and then, oh, something's wrong, and they'll get nervous and want to get out very quickly. So just what you're saying there is, is increased volatility. I mean, obviously, a volatile exactly. market is good for making money, because yes. if a volatile market, if a, vol- if a market's not volatile, then it's not trending. Volatile market is what traders like, but um, traders are more short-term, and investors are more long-term. So um, investors in a short on a short-term market can can suffer a lot of pain. Well, we've been seeing that, haven't we? The last at least, especially in the last six months, mm-hmm. you know, especially since our high sort of in November. But I mean, January, as you mentioned, was a huge drop on the marketplace mm-hmm. and quite unexpected for most points. Uh, um, a lot of investors learnt the value of uh, using stop losses in in that market. Well, I'd like to think that, but uh, not a lot of them. I mean, I was on Sky Business News only on Tuesday night and. Yes. And everybody calling in with their questions on Sky Business News were all looking at all these sort of speculative type stocks, and they'd all lost huge amounts of money. I'm talking, you know, some one one gentleman's lost ninety percent, yes. and I'm surprised at how many people in our day don't actually use stop losses, especially in volatile markets like now. Stop losses are paramount, and it's been shown to be the way to go. And the number one rule should be protect your capital. The number two rule should be obey number one rule. <laughs> I love those two rules. That's, uh, and if, if in doubt, refer to rule number one. Yeah, that's right. Which uh, so, is fantastic for that. But um, as you mentioned, we've got an increase in, in the volatility. Mm. And an increase in volatility means an increase in market uncertainty. That's right. And I know I've read lots of articles about volatility, and they talk about using different measures of volatility to predict um, volat- future volatility. But it's probably interesting to ask your 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 view on what predicting volatility. In my view, it's impossible to predict volatility in the future, simply because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. There's could be announcements, could, anything could happen. There could be a bomb blow off or whatever else. So, But I know people do try and predict that, that the volatility, and if they feel that they can, then obviously they believe that their um, chances of actually making more money on the market is better. Exactly right. You're right, Dale. It is hard to predict volatility, but by the same token, volatility is not going to go from very large to small on a dime, it's going to it's going to slowly go from high volatility to low volatility, back to medium volatility and high volatility, and those changes are going to be relatively smoothly. 
Oh, so it's like waves. Exactly. It comes in, yes. comes in waves. Yes. So, and then obviously like the high tide changing into the low tide yeah. um, on the beach and everything. Now, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about the Dow and some of the American market and how that's actually affecting Australia as well. So, because that is an interesting study because, I mean, Sometimes we don't follow the Dow in the U.S. market, and other times we do. And you know, because there was a period between—I mean, the Dow peaked in early 2000 and fell down to October 2002, and our market didn't peak till mm. you know January 2002 and fell down into March 2003. So we're going opposite directions for quite a while there. But with this increased volatility, we've been much more aligned with the American market. Um, but it's sort of shifting a little bit too. Like uh, yesterday, the American market was down 100. And, 80 points or something in our market actually went up. Yes. So there's there's also at times on a daily basis we go against them, but then we're still linked to them at the moment, aren't we? Yes. Well, volatility means uncertainty, and, and when people are uncertain, they look for guidance from all sorts of directions, and uh, usually the first pl place they turn to is the American market. Um, so they want to know what's happening in America, and, and that gives them a guidance of to which way things will probably go in Australia. Why is that? Well, they're uncertain about what is actually happening in Australia. They can see that um, the the the, uh, the energy's coming out of the property market. There's a new change of government. There's uh, a new people driving the uh, the Reserve Bank, and 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 they're not sure what's going to happen. So they look for they look guidance. into the big the, the, to yeah. the big economy with yeah. the US. I mean, there's obviously there's a lot of commodities traded in US dollars. Obviously, oil definitely is. Yeah, exactly. Um, it has been for many many years the I suppose the world currency is probably a way of saying it, yes. and it's starting to lose favour. But then, if the American dollar is losing favour, then what should be the world currency? Should it be the euro? Should it be, you know, the yen? What should it be, and how is that going to affect us? I mean, obviously, uh, what drives the share market? What we talked about last week was the interest rates and, and inflation. They're the two things that we look at. Yes. So obviously, what you're saying is, is obviously we're looking to America for those leading indicators so that we we're not we're we're in an inflationary environment right across the world right now yep. we're putting down in, up interest rates and they've been putting them down so that would lead me to believe we're either lagging behind the america or we're miles in front of them the the government in america has slightly different thinking than the government in australia because the australian economy is uh, stronger because of the commodity uh, the commodity um, boom here by the um, the need for commodities in China and India and uh, other parts of the world, um, America's thinking aligned a bit differently. Uh, they're suffering more in the airlines uh, with the higher fuel costs, retail because of the reduced consumer spending, um, automobiles uh, have been for years not doing the right thing by building large cars, mm. and also because of the um, the fuel crisis. Yeah, well, I can't understand why anybody would want to buy one of those big Hummers. It's it's stumped me for a long time. <laughs> I can't understand why they didn't change 10, 15 years ago. Mm. Housing, housing in America. We all know housing in America has come off more than 15%. And um, the figures have been talked about of, of, it, of housing dropping 30% in America. Well, there's also talk about Australian housing and it's overpriced too. That should come off as well. Yes, uh, and, and, and that's where I see the parallels in Australia. Australia... I don't think it's going to suffer as much as America is going to, um, but Australia will, to some degree, follow it, follow America's trend. I think we sometimes get, we're getting a bit more of a um, not a safety blanket, but a softening of it because of our close relationship with Asia and commodities. With the commodities, yes. yes. And it's like and we, the, taking that paradigm shift you talked about last week, 
into a new context yes. is we're actually going, we're actually in a resource boom now or a commodities boom now. Yes. And last time that boom was sort of in that 60s and into 70s. And it went for more than a decade, that commodities boom. Mm. Now, this commodities boom's only been going maybe 12 months, maybe a bit longer, 18 months. So that's another topic probably for us to talk about one day. It sure is. Um, yes. But it may be that we need to ch start changing our thinking about how we invest in, in the marketplace. Yes. Uh, well, already commodities, um, the resources, the materials, mining and energy sectors in Australia have taken a lot more dominant position in Australia's market. More so, uh, they've already overtaken the, the finance sector in Australia. They have, haven't they? Mm. It's very much so. It's becoming more of a resource market, as you That's mentioned right. last week, rather than, a, than a, an industrials type of market. Exactly. So, and the banks have been driving us since, you know, in, since the 80s. Definitely. Uh, and that's like the changing of the guard, so to speak, which is which yes. is quite interesting for people that we've long come to rely on the banks as the best performers, but it uh, yeah. may not be the case anymore. And those people that are aware of it are the people at the forefront of their investing, mm. the people that are going to do well with their investing. Ah, so the educated. The educated, yes. <laughs> So yes, so basically the, the educated people are at the forefront and that's what you're really, really saying. So, exactly, the uh, knowledgeable. Yeah, the people that are passively sitting back watching the investments uh, are probably not the ones getting the, the good returns right now. Exactly, yes, they're holding on. They've known banks have done well in the past and they can't understand why they're not recovering like they used to. So they should be looking at things like oil, coal. Coal, absolutely. Special yes. coal, all sorts of coal. They're doing very, very well. Gas, gas, e even uranium stocks, mm. and the material sector like um, iron has done very well lately. Mm. Uh, gold, and silver, gold. coal. Absolutely, you've got uh, and obviously the oil companies, energy companies, mm. are very, very good. Yes. From a point of view of long-term gains, liquid natural gas is going to be something that's good. Australia's got a lot of that at the moment, yep. um, and uh, an abundant supply. And obviously, you mentioned uranium because obviously nuclear power, as oil is getting more scarce, is going to be becoming more prevalent as well. So, yes. so that's where we're, we're, we're looking from that point of view is that people are or maybe needing to start shifting their view about what's been going on or what they've been investing in. So I know a lot of people do like sector investing. Oh, I've got to have so many banks and I've got to have this and I've got to have that and all these different things. Whereas maybe we need to start opening our thinking to, to other alternatives. And that's really what you're saying now. Definitely get into banks, but pick the right time. You've got to let the charts tell mm. you when to get into banks. Don't try to guess when the banks are going to stop going down and start heading up. Look at the charts. Set some criteria and and react to that criteria. Absolutely, and it's all it all gets down to your knowledge of having a look at that, mm. and that's really. Uh, I know when I was on I was on Sky Business News, and I, I mentioned that again on Tuesday night, a gentleman rang up and he had a um, he bought a speculative share, and, and I just said to him, I said, why did you buy this share? And he goes, oh, a friend of mine, I got a tip from a friend of mine, and I said, would you like a tip for an expert? And my tip was don't take tips, <laughs> and uh, and it really and I, and I mean you would have heard that over and over again of people. Who are who do take tips? Who do think? Oh well, I've, you know, a friend of mine's not going to look after me. But then, in your old age, is that friend going to look after you with money? Yes. Uh, and you really got to look at that. So, but to me, it was just an answer of know what you're investing in, why you're investing in, have rules around it, 
And I think on that show, I, I reckon st I mentioned stop losses at least half a dozen times, yes. if not more. Um, and that's you've already mentioned that as well today. So well, you and I could sit mm. here and we could say such and such a stock is good, such and such, and we could reel off about twenty stocks, mm. and probably fifteen of them would be very good. But that's not our game. Correct, that's not our game, and it's also it's what we think today. And tomorrow might be an announcement coming out, or something might happen in the marketplace, or economy, or interest rates, or whatever else, sure. and that would change our opinion of that stock. So when we're talking about a specific stock or where it's likely to travel to, um, and we have mentioned a few stocks or commodities that, I mean, obviously there's stocks that go behind some of those energy stocks, yes. you know, um, and there are sectors. But then it's just on what we know today, and not, and we're not, we don't have a crystal ball. And it'd be great to trade in hindsight because everybody yes. make a lot of money, I'll but be very rich. we can't do that. But yeah. there's probably a lot of subjects we can talk about in in these podcasts, and and uh, I know I've enjoyed chatting with you again today, and I think uh, we'll probably get you back and do some more because hopefully the listeners are, are quite enjoying this just two blokes having a chat yes. I suppose which as much is much as I'm enjoying much as you're enjoying it so yeah. as long as we're not falling uh, everybody's not falling asleep anyway so we, that's yeah. what we want to do anyway so but uh, thanks for joining me again today Paul and uh, I look forward to having you back on the show I'm Dale Gillam the Chief Analyst at Wealth Within and you've been listening to Talking Wealth and we look forward to chatting with you again next week thank, thank you, you. Talking Wealth was brought to you by Wealth Within to learn how you too can maximise your investment returns Call 1300 Share Trade.